You are listening to Grow a Thriving Practice podcast with Jillian Faldmo. This is episode 23, a peer-to-peer conversation on energy hygiene. Grow a Thriving Practice, a podcast made for biofield tuning practitioners, offering the resources to enhance your practice, grow your business, and continue your journey of self-discovery. I'm your host, Jillian Faldmo. Hi, Tuner. I hope you're doing well today. In this episode, you are going to hear a pre-recorded peer-to-peer conversation on energy hygiene. And um, before I introduce this topic, I also want to just touch on a question that was asked in the Biofield Tuning Students slash Practitioners Facebook page. This is a Facebook page. In case you don't know, it's exclusively for uh, those students and practitioners who have taken a foundations course um, put on by Biosona. And it's an amazing group. There's so many questions coming in each day and shares, and it's it's really just a lovely community. And um, if you're not on that page and you want to get on, you can just search in Facebook Biofield Tuning Student slash Practitioners. Um, but if you haven't been a Biofield Tuning student, like officially, maybe you've done the Shift Network or something like that, um, you won't be able to get in. You have to take a foundations course. So anyway, there was a question in there about um, uh, women who are trying or planning to become pregnant. And uh, this is on the intake form. And I think there's a few few things on the intake form from the foundations manual that practitioners and students alike get a little bit confused by. And so it's really great to come in here and ask these clarifying questions. And um, on the intake form, it's there's like a little checkbox that says, are you uh, planning to become pregnant or are you pregnant? Worded somehow that way. And so I think there's a misconception that we shouldn't be working on people who are, are women who are planning to become pregnant. And but um, it's not that we can't work on women who are planning to become pregnant. Actually, it can be, uh, it can be helpful um, to prepare the womb. Um, and Shannon Tinder had a nice response in there. Um, she says, we don't know how each body will respond to tuning, though we do know that detox of some sort is likely. So in safe practices, we don't tune those in conception mode or pregnant, right? We don't tune um, once we once the woman has conceived. Um, she says biofield tuning is highly beneficial for those working on their fertility and clearing womb stagnation, the preparation phase, and phase. And this is where we can actually help so much. Um, and Shannon works regularly with women who are dealing with womb issues. So the reason why this is on the intake form is because um, as practitioners, we have two roles here. One is to know. We want to know if um, if our client is planning to become pregnant because at some course throughout our um, treatment therapy uh, sessions together, our, our plan and working together, we we need to educate, and that's the second part of our role, is educate the client that once she conceives, we will no longer be doing tuning. And um, I'm sure you're all aware of this by now, but um, tuning pregnant women is contraindicated because of that risk for detox. Okay, so I'm just going to say this again, just to clarify, we can work on women who are planning to become pregnant. We do not work on women who are pregnant. Okay, so I hope this helps. I know that not everybody uh, is on this Facebook group um, who is a student or a practitioner, and um, sometimes you miss some goodies in here. So I'll try to pepper these in throughout the podcast just to just to keep us all up to date, especially with stuff like this, stuff where there might be a little bit of confusion. And I can totally understand why there would be. 
Okay, so let's move on to this next portion of the podcast episode. Back in March, we had a peer-to-peer conversation on uh, energy hygiene, um, what our practices are for um, maintaining our own energy as practitioners and not picking up on other people's, not becoming exhausted by our clients' energy. And we had a really, of course, rich conversation. We always do. Now, I want to say that Zoom deleted my... um, my meetings, uh, my meeting recordings and, and the registrations of the people who were um, involved and participated. And so I don't have the list of everybody who was there, but um, from listening to this conversation again, I just want to thank those who were there. And there there are some that I might not mention, and I'm so sorry. Um, there was uh, Gayatri Shailesh was there, Joyce Tusks. Lori Rhodes, Andrew McAlrath, Elizabeth Gage, Julie Arp, Bobby Vasquez, and Lori Stahl. And I just want to thank everybody that I mentioned and and those who I didn't mention. Um, There was a woman there named Kathleen. And I I looked you up on on Facebook and I couldn't find exactly which one. So um, if it's you and you're listening to this, Kathleen, just send me a message and let me know that it was you. Um, And I really thank you for being there. Okay, without further ado, I will have you listen in on this excellent conversation. And feel free to share your thoughts on the Facebook group. Send them to me at me at JillianFaldmo.com. And we will be planning another peer-to-peer conversation in the next few weeks. So please stay tuned. All right, enjoy listening. Um, Okay, thank you guys so much for coming um, to this conversation. Uh, For those of you that are in the attendees, um, I'm going to bring you on as a panelist, um, just so that you can participate in the conversation. And um, you don't have to, if you just want to listen, that's totally fine. But by doing this, I, um, I can, I can hear you and I can hear you. It's not going to be video. It's just going to be audio, so I'm bringing you on. Okay, good. Okay, so I've got you all here as panelists. So um, you're at liberty to unmute yourself and say anything, but just let me do a quick um, framing of how this conversation is going to go. Um, this is going to be a conversation where where we're really going to be sharing experiences and tips and questions with one another. So I'll create sort of the the container for the conversation but this is about this is about us talking to one another as peers and we're talking about energy hygiene so um some questions that we'll be visiting are i want to hear first about some of the experiences that you have all had um around energy hygiene maybe there was someone in the group who termed termed it energy backsplash where you know after a session she was feeling really um exhausted and like she she was hit by a truck (laughs) and that's that can be really common especially when you're first starting to practice biofield tuning um you know we we teach the concept of hollow bone and centering and grounding and that's something that we want to practice before and during the session, but it can take some time for that to be sort of a subconscious protocol that we that we automatically go into. Um, for some amount of time, it's going to take some conscious effort to really get into that hollow bone space. And so what a lot of people notice um, is that it can take a while for, for that to happen. And in the beginning, um, it can be exhausting doing sessions so um so i want to hear from you all about what what are some of the experiences that you have had during your sessions um what you've learned from those experiences what what maybe some additional energy hygiene techniques you've employed since then um does hollow bone and centering and grounding help and um, we'll go into two like 
maybe some of the things that you do pre-session or things that you do after your session to keep your your energy system clean and clear. Um, so if you are listening, if you're an attendee and you want to join the conversation, just raise your hand. If you are on uh, Facebook Live and you want to come into the conversation, then go ahead and click on that link that's posted there and come on in. All right. Oh, before we get started, I do want to mention too, um, write this down in your calendar on Wednesday, April 14th at 10 a.m. Pacific. Eileen is going to be joining us in one of these conversations. She and I are going to host a conversation together. So that's Wednesday, April 14th, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be 90 minutes and we're going to be going over um, things in terms of boundaries, holding space, and just conducting yourself professionally as a biofield tuning practitioner, getting comfortable on the first session, what to, what to say when, when your client isn't talking, um, things like that. So just really, really helping support um, you as a practitioner in, in feeling comfortable and knowing how to um, create clear boundaries and hold great space. Okay, so let's get back to the conversation. Um, Gaia three, is that how you say your name? Hi, Jillian. Yes, it is. Hey, it is Gaia three. Gaia three. Gaia three. Yeah, just like the number three at the end. Yeah, a lot of people put the emphasis in other syllables, but no, you pronounced it just perfectly. Awesome. It's so great to meet you. Oh, nice to meet you too, Jillian. Um, oh, I, yes. Yeah, so I just wanted to add, it touched on um, some of the things that you just mentioned with the future topic of holding space boundaries. Um, so I do other bioenergetic work. I only came into biofield tuning in 2018. Um, but one of the things I learned is how neutral uh, that you can be as a practitioner. So this to me is the key, not being attached to any outcomes, not being attached to desiring to see a specific outcome in the client, not being attached to the client's story or trauma or whatever it is that you're picking up. So I learned that lesson sort of the hard way a long time ago. Um, you know, we, when we're in the healing business, we care, but I quickly found out what uh, caring is more of a very ego-centered thing. It's one thing to have empathy and compassion. And it's another thing to uh, kind of come across as being anything else outside of that. So having said that, that goes a long way in our energy hygiene, because um, the entanglement, you know, we're in a quantum entanglement with our client, when we're tuning, we're sensing, noticing, observing um, things in their field. And the idea is, as long as we adhere to, okay, we're releasing the static, we're releasing this tension, right? And we, we vocalize whatever seems appropriate or intuitively feels appropriate to raise uh, with a client. And if the client doesn't share, that's okay. You just ask them to breathe and move on, right? So that to me is a huge part, how neutral we are as observers while holding space uh, goes a long way in energy hygiene. And then for me, outside of the hollow bone centering and grounding, as you mentioned, right at the beginning, before I even get the client online, and then throughout the session, when I feel like I'm getting too involved or in my head, I immediately go to the hollow bone. Um, but outside of that, I, I feel it's my personal opinion that each of us or, you know, we should have a personal whatever practice it is, meditation, breathing, chanting, sounding, whatever, to help release some of the subtle impressions that we've picked up in a session. So that to me is my primary go-to, to have my own personal um, spiritual practices that have a variety of things where I let go, release, and kind of keep my energy feel clean. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing, Gaia3. Um, yeah, I think you have a really good point with um, 
being attached to the outcome. Um, because when we are, I mean, really, when we are thinking about our client after a session and, and thinking about their outcome and spending our mental energy on that, we are still connected and um, we can take on stuff that's really not necessary for us to take on. So being that neutral observer, like you said, and, and balancing that um, caring, empathy, compassion um, with the non-attachment as well. That's such a good point. Thank you so much. Elizabeth? Sorry, I'm mute. Um, can you hear me? <laughs> can you hear me? Yes, can hear you great. Terrific. Okay. This is a topic I think is really, really important uh, in, in uh, preparing ourselves for what we don't know is going to come in our door in terms of our customers. And uh, it reminded me of years ago when I was a professional actor at the Stratford Festival and I, ha I suffered from horrible stage fright and it was really bad. I had to find a way to settle myself so that I could be that vessel of text and all the work that had been put into prior to walking out on that stage. And so um, I found ways that involved breathing, that involved uh, athletic activity, um, that of, of, of being on my own um, to settle myself before um, going on the stage and it works. So many years later, energy, the area of energy healing finds me and I find the stage fright coming up again. How am I going to do it? So my starting point was Reiki. And so what I do today is to prepare myself is I dress in clothing that's either white or pale blue that's very muted that makes me feel relaxed and i've also studied uh, crystal healing and so i find that tiger's eye is a stone that protects me from taking on the energies of somebody else and and being contained in my vessel so i wear that um, after that i then go into my room and i um uh, prepare it using Reiki symbols, protecting it as a space that is safe for the customer, uh, whatever they that may come up. And this is where others have talked about intention setting for the highest good, a healing opportunity for that, that client. And at the same time, uh, protecting myself, opening my chakras and protecting myself within that space so that I can, again, still be an active participant, but not take on what's going to transpire. And I didn't do these things when I first started with biofield tuning, uh, when I was in foundations and we were getting new, our practice bodies working towards, you know, practitioners. And I found myself drained and sleeping and strung out. And so I went back to doing these things. And I find that I could do several biofield tunings after each other. Um, repeating those steps be between each uh, a client and not be drained of energy at the, my own energy at the end of the day. So the other thing that I think is really important is at the end of a practice is to seal it off. We have our cocooning that we do with the client, but at that point, the words, thank you. Thank you for all beings uh, who have helped in the healing. Um, and I, I, I feel that that puts us both, the client and myself, back into that space of, of, of a, a centered, grounded space. So that's it. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Elizabeth. I like that. Actually, I like that, the thanking you part. Um, for me, what that kind of brings up is um, when you say thank you, it's like, okay, it's done. Like we can we can now move on and and trust the process that that's going to happen whatever needs to happen is going to happen and we can sort of disengage from there um i'm curious elizabeth how long did it take you um before you started to do more sessions and feel like 
um, you could disengage and your energy was, was still optimal, uh, those types of things. You know, it, it didn't dawn on me that this was happening because I had uh, the, the sessions so spaced out. I became more process driven as I started to get people wanting to come on the same day. And so I had three people in one day, which I would, you know, I would space them out one every two days, you know, and I'm like, oh, well, that's when, that's when they want to come. So I have to step up. So it really came as a result of that. And I thought that I would be exhausted after that. But, you know, going back to having a regime, I mean, it's just like at, at going out to do a sports. You don't just walk onto a tennis court. You stretch, you warm up, you get your body ready before you go out and play a game. Same with golf, any sports that we do. And so I think it's really important to go through that same uh, disciplined process prior to bi a biofield tuning uh, session. Yeah, I love how you relate it to sports, actually, and and including the, that activity and movement in there, too. And that, that also just makes me think of, um, you know, what Eileen teaches about increasing our voltage. Um, movement is a, is a big part of that. And I think when it comes to energy hygiene, anything that you can do to increase your voltage is going to, um, how do I word this? Um, basically, I guess, optimize your energy so that you're not being knocked down or taking, taking on others' energy. Um, thank you for that reference too, because it made me think of that, you know, increasing your voltage as well. Um, Great, thanks. Else. Yeah, thank you. Something else that I'm thinking about too is someone mentioned on the Facebook page, you know, if you're starting off doing a session, tired, um, fatigued, just not feeling well, or you're distracted or hungry, that can make you more susceptible to feeling exhausted after a session and having a difficult time with, with shaking it and, and disengaging. Um, I'm curious to hear from others about any experiences that they've had maybe early on in their practice or, or even maybe, maybe now, maybe you've been practicing for a long time and you've had an experience recently where maybe you weren't as nourished as you would have liked to be. What, what was the result of that for the session? Um, how did you solve it? What did you learn? Or just any experiences that you have with um, energy hygiene, something that maybe where you've took, taken something on and you needed, you needed some time to clear it out, disengage. What did you learn? And also um, any, any tips for new practitioners, for new biofield tuning students besides what we've already mentioned, um, which in the beginning of this call, I said, you know, we learn hollow bone and centering and grounding. Um, that's something that takes time to delegate from the conscious mind to the subconscious. We start just practicing it regularly. So at first it may take more energy and effort. Um, and, and that's sort of when we need to employ different techniques like meditation or like Elizabeth said, drawing Reiki symbols, practicing gratitude, meditating. Um, so I've just talked a lot. I'm going to repeat the question that I have to keep it just so that it's, it's in your mind. What are some experiences that you have had and what did you learn? Okay, Kathleen. Um, I just wanted to add a little nuance to what Elizabeth just said before we move completely on because yes, <clears throat> because um, I'm, I've been also involved in shamanic practices and it, there's something about opening sacred space and closing sacred space and if we think in those terms that we are entering sacred space anytime we engage with with a client and in this modality it is very sacred so there is something to the opening and you can do this in any manner like even the reiki symbols it doesn't have to be anything specific but something that for you opens in your heart and in your being this 
space as sacred and then closing and just the thank you, thank you, thank you is enough to close it. Yeah, that's really important. Thank you for mentioning that, Kathleen. Sure. Yeah. So what okay. are some things, do you have a particular um, opening that you do with your clients? Well, again, you know, in this space, I, I open to all the directions above and below. And it's, it, it is, it incorporates my shaman practices. Mm -hmm. So, um, and it does put you in a space of neutrality where you're completely open to being the vessel for whatever needs to come through in each session. Yeah. Yeah. By doing that, it's, it's not about you. It's about, it's about what's going to happen for the client. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you so for sharing you, that. Oh, you bet. Thank you. Thank you for yeah. hosting this. This is awesome. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Um, yeah. Um, oh, I had a thought and then I lost it. Uh, well, thank you for sharing that. I'm, I'm sure that that helped um, quite a number of people. So thank you. All right. Anybody else have anything they want to add? Julie. Yes. To, to what was just said, um, I posted this on Facebook as well, but the last session that I did brought home the point of neutrality because I called on the ancestors to come and help guide the forks and um, into it what needed to be moved. And it was a very, very strong, long release for this client. And when I first began, I didn't have the confidence that I could hold space by myself for someone with that strong of a release. So I was always on, I think I was subconsciously holding back because of that, but the ancestors were there to hold space. And I think that the client's body realized that there were plenty of people holding space and they could really let go of what they needed to let go of. And that was a very uh, amazing session. And I was not drained at all at the end, which typically in the beginning, I would just be like everyone said, so exhausted and sometimes have even strong detox myself. Um, and that was just amazing. And I had really worked on myself prior to that session and did a field clearing meditation, which was just amazing, which I am going to incorporate into my um, beginning ritual um, and as as you as a new person as you start to believe it's about your belief I didn't understand hollow bone in the beginning I didn't know how it worked so it wasn't really working for me because I didn't believe but as you you know work through and get more advanced and you have more practice and belief in yourself it just falls into place it's amazing that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that, Julie. Um, I'm curious when you when you um, began to employ trusting in. Um, I think you said you you use the ancestors to guide the forks. When you started doing that, um, you noticed that you were less exhausted. Is that pretty? Do you do that pretty regularly? And are you noticing regularly that um, you're less exhausted? And and how many sessions do you do in a day? What does that look like for you? Well, I just recently um, employed, I just did a, uh, this session um, last Saturday. And that was the first session that I had done in a while. I, I've done over 100 sessions. Um, but my um, 25 year old daughter passed away last Thanksgiving and I needed grieving time and I felt that I could not be there for other people because I needed time for myself. So I had worked on myself really hard the week prior and I decided I'm going to put it out there again and see what happens. So I gifted some sessions to someone that was really struggling and um, needed some help 
And the universe started sending me people that needed help. So I had done this field clearing meditation prior to this session and that really I could feel it just clear. It was about clearing dark energies out of your field. And I felt so light and invincible. And that's how I went into the session. And that made all the difference. Nice. And I plan on doing that going forward. Would you share that meditation with us? What, how can we sure. find it? Um, it's a free meditation, actually. Um, her name is Nikki, N-I-K-I, um, Gratrix, G-R-A-T-R-I-X. And she has a sound healing uh, circle every Sunday. It's free. And she does a 20-minute talk about some topic prior to that. And um, then she does the meditation, and then there's a Q&A after. And I've done two of those, and they have just been, they have done such a great job at clearing myself out so that I can be strong and present for clients, because it is about respecting them. They're, they're trusting us and counting on us to um, handle their sacred space with, you know, um, respect and um that's up to us to do that mm -hmm. yeah absolutely i remember when i first started tuning which was um back in 2014 i i had to really up the self-care game before i would go into sessions because if i didn't take care of myself by not getting enough sleep or just not feeling um, clear enough. And I know we, we all have our stuff, but there's a, there's a level of clarity that's important to get to before you do a session so that you can, you can be in hollow bone. Um, but that would really, if, if I wasn't there, that would really affect my session and it, it would feel really out of integrity for me. So I learned very quickly <laughs> that I needed to, to do that self-care. So that's really important, Julie, that you, um, did that. I'm sorry about your, I'm sorry to hear about your daughter's passing too. Um, Thank you. Yeah. It sounds like you, you were very self-aware that there was, there were things that you needed to take care of within yourself before you could um, be there for others. And um, that's really important to your and valuable to your clients too. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing, Julie. Um, for those who are just joining, um, uh, we are talking about energy hygiene. If, uh, if you are listening on Facebook Live, come on in and join us. I, I actually made everybody a panelist um, so that everybody could participate, whether you want to or not. <laughs> no, you don't have to. Um, you don't have to raise your hand and speak up if you don't want to. Um, but we're talking about some of the experiences that we've had, um, what, what we've learned along the way, um, and what could be helpful for maybe new students, new practitioners to know about energy hygiene. So does anybody else have anything that they want to add to that? I see you here, Lori Rhodes, Bobby, and Joyce, and Laura. Does anybody have anything they want to add? And it's maybe an experience that you've had where um, you had that, that energy backsplash uh, feeling after a session. Um, another question I have, someone mentioned um, shields on the Facebook group. And I'm really curious um, to hear about that. Um, because what I have learned about shields and, and some of us in biofield tuning have learned that is if we, if we put up a protective shield, it can actually um, use up energy and that can be exhausting in itself. So has anyone like started using shields and notice a difference um, in their practice? Are you more tired? Are you less tired? Just raise your hand or, or go ahead and speak. That would be a no for me as far as shields go. Hi, Ju Jillian, it's Joyce. Hi. Hi, Joyce. Um, and I heard you say that Lori's on here. 
Yes, and, she um, is. Lori, Lori taught us early on, I think it was my very first class, about um, strengthening, strengthening the central channel, filling with light, and then so that radiates out rather than protecting from outside where um, it's less permeable to things I do want to exchange with people. Um, I fill the central channel and, and beam out and then it's like a bug zapper is what she said. I hope I'm not misquoting you. Um, and that the things that don't match don't get to come in. Bzz, bzz, like, and that has helped me personally and professionally ever since then. Such a different paradigm than protecting, which, like you said, can take a lot of energy. I worked in a mental hospital for 10 years. So um, <laughs> it was very helpful to think of things not being able. And then another thing that's helped me is um, there's a podcast. It's called now Christina the Channel. And there are certain ones. She's done like 400 episodes or something. But she talks about... Um, just clearly stating and being stronger than any negative energy, but just clearly stating that only things for my highest good and only beings for my highest good and the highest good of the client and everyone involved. And I, that has helped me in the middle of the night. That's helped me during tuning. That's helped me help other people. And, um, <clears throat> and then like calling in the uh, sometimes I say like the train song, calling in all, calling in, calling all angels. And I use the angel tuner sometimes and, um, and that's helpful. And I'm talking really fast because I have somewhere to be at 11. But um, the other, other thing is, as far as a negative experience or learning experience, when I was doing my practice sessions, I went to someone else's house. I didn't do hollow bone. They had a dog there. I don't know, it was just the energy was all wonky. And they had an ex-boyfriend that died that kept trying to come in through me. <laughs> and I was like, no, no. And all the way home, I called a friend who's very helpful in these matters. And she just said, sound and shake and tell it, no, no, out, out. And I did all of that. But ever since then, I'm really, um, I just, set the intention clearly no no entrance like that mm -hmm. yeah so helpful um i love how you um flipped that um from a negative experience to a learning experience that's that's huge um joyce can you repeat the name of that podcast i didn't get that christina the channel christina and she also talked yes she also um, she used to be known as Christina Rice, and um, I forget what the podcast was. Oh, Wellness Realness was the old name of it. And she has several podcasts on business, and I mean, she has her own business that like it feeds and stuff. So I'm not I'm not saying anybody has to do any of that, but she has a lot of free content and. Um, some of it is on the Claire senses. She like teaches you which ones are what and how to look for them and how to develop them and things like that. Like, and, and yeah, it's really helpful for me. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, Lori, hi, can you hear me? Do you, do you want to speak more on the central channel? What oh, hi, Joy. With that? Hi. Hi. <laughs> it's so nice to hear your voice. Uh, and yours as well, Jillian. Yeah, I'm so glad you remembered that, Joyce. And I'm, yeah, and thanks for sharing that experience because it really is, it's right on. And um, what happens, you know, even in the, with the word protection or I need to be protected is uh, it kind of uh, stimulates our vagus nerve and puts us into that sympathetic nervous system of sort of fight light or freeze like oh i need to be protected and so we kind of subconsciously contract and so it's a much better um kind of a of a core practice to work from the core and to always strengthen that core and to go from the inside out and radiate and just like joyce said um if we sent if we that's why we start in the earth star and the sun star right and we activate that central channel because 
ultimately, as it moves through and that voltage increases and the, the uh, energy and the electricity starts to increase, that is coming out around the field and that's what creates the integrity of the outer boundary. And remember that's 360 degrees, even though we show it in you know, a, a two-dimensional version when we're always looking at it on pieces of paper or the computer. But um, in our fields, we are in this beautiful bubble and that double layer membrane gets strengthened from the inner core radiating and being very strong. And it does, it works. And, and that bug zapper actually came from Eileen uh, in the sense that she radiates out from her central core as she walks into any space. And it's really sending, you know, coherent energy, which you can call love or life or, you know, whatever you want to call it, but you're radiating that out. And so it, it really does work to, um, to kind of give us the integrity of allowing what is a benefit to come in and uh, to kind of discharging uh, what is digested to move out. And it's just energy, but it creates a beautiful uh, core around us and strengthens that integrity of the outer boundary. And then remember the macro to the micro, the micro to the macro. So as we increase the integrity of our outer boundary in the biofield, we are increasing the integrity of all those double layer membranes around our organs. We're increasing our skin. Our skin is actually a double layer membrane of our body. So we're, in, we're in enhancing the ability of our skin to work well. That's the biggest organ of our body. And then in through all of the other internal organs and then around each cell, right? As each cell becomes integuous, um, it can function properly. It does its job and you don't get things like leaky gut, right? Where things are coming in that shouldn't and, and being held on that can't get out. So that inner core work, the grounding, the centering, the breathing, and really working from that core, any practice that you can do hygienically that increases uh, that core, that inner core uh, voltage and electricity and, and currency, this is our currency, right? And even when we say the word currency, that also uh, subjugates to that subconscious, oh, that's my value, that's my worth. Right, it all, it all kind of melds. It's like, oh yeah, I'm increasing my worth. <laughs> I'm increasing my currency. And so there's so many layers that it affects in what we're saying uh, to ourselves. So yeah, I would say that's, that's great that you remembered that and it is a great practice. And then one of the things that I, you know, I started doing was, and I think I added this to Jillian when I was writing, is that I started watching the animals, you know, that were working with me in the rooms and noticing that my dog, whenever I'd work with someone, would stretch afterwards, like do a down dog, and then shake, do that whole body shake. And so I'm like, wow, well, I, that seems to work well <laughs> for him. I'm going to try it. And so I, I really think that there's such a value in movement. Um, and so, you know, a lot of times we, we're breathing and we're grounding, but we're sort of in this stillness uh, with our body. And um, I think it's important to jiggle and wiggle and move more. And so even, um, you know, walking, you know, standing on the grass or walking on the grass, but actually marching or kind of uh, jumping, even, um, you know, just jumping up and down on the grass or just wiggling your body. I think that movement um, supports not just a release, but remember the other end of that is that we need to reset for the next client. So we're releasing what's been done, but then we have this this beautiful reset where we take a nice breath and um, we're ready for the next. So I just want to also add that movement is really helpful. Thank you so much, Lori. I love having you on this call. That was awesome. Thank you for hosting this. It's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what you kind of ended with preparing for the next client. Um, yeah. It's like, it's really great to even open a window after after our client to prepare for the next one coming in. Um, I also want to hear from, from all of you about what are some things that you do to prepare for your next client, or if you have any thoughts that are related to what Joyce and Lori have spoken about, please feel free to raise your hand and join the conversation. And I see Andrew's here. Andrew, do you have anything you want to contribute? Sure. Um, you know, I, I, I included this in the comments, but um, I think 
one of the things that I felt, especially when ancestors show up, is that um, just like you would if your, if your grandmother stepped in the room, right? You wouldn't ignore her. <laughs> You'd acknowledge her, which I think is important. And then also when, you know, and they show up for sessions and, and it's important for me to say goodbye and they're not my family, but I want to acknowledge that they showed up. And I just, I, I put this in the comments on Facebook, but that I, it's important for me to acknowledge their presence and with everyone's consent, invite them to support the individual or the client after the session. And, and also um, part of that is I'll just make sure that the intention on both sides, and this is mostly in remote context, is just to clear it out and bring it back to neutral. I think neutral is the best way to describe that because I like a clean house and I need a clean house to do my thing and, and so do my clients. So I just think it's a good to do that intentionally. Um, yeah, and then I, you know, my Sage and Palo Santo were super handy. And if something came up that's super duper heavy to do that, I, I did, it's funny, I just um, worked with a fellow practitioner recently, and it's actually come up quite a few times um, to clear your space, to tune your space. Um, I think we, for, you, you know, we might sweep or vacuum, but we need to, to make sure that, you know, whatever's showing up um, has a way to move through. So it's just a good reminder, and I'm going to take my own advice as well. So those, those are my two cents. Yes. Awesome. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah, clearing and tuning your space can be really helpful. And um, that can be done for those of you who don't know with a like higher frequency tuning fork, like a 528 or something even higher. Um, Joyce mentioned an angel tuner. Um, you can just walk around the doorways, um, activate the fork around the doorways, around the windows, sometimes mirrors too. Um, and yeah, I'm one that for me, I really like to clear and clean my, my physical space. If I have any clutter around, I feel like for me anyway, that, that clutter can, can hold energy. So I make sure my space is, is spotless. Um, I remember when I first started doing sessions, working in a, in a cluttered space, it, it just didn't feel good. It didn't feel like things could really move around um, and, and clear out for me anyway. Awesome. Okay. Who else? Who, who has some practices that they have or experiences that they have had? What have you learned? Bobby. Hi, thanks. Hi. Hi, everyone. Thanks for um, doing this. And this has been a great discussion. Um, I like the idea. I just want to add a little bit to the idea of um, treating this a little bit like a sport in a way, right? Because um, that, that is a uh, that that rung true with me right just kind of prepping yourself pre and post um with that extra self-care but as far as like you're gonna have a session you're gonna work on a bunch of people at an event so what are you gonna do prior to that event how are you gonna take care of yourself after that event um the same way like if you were doing a, a sporting event how would you take care of yourself after how would you take care of yourself before and a little bit of how would you train on the way to that event, right? So really, um, that that rung true with me, and um, I changed my practice uh, entirely, or just changed my life entirely around uh, taking better care of myself completely, um, so I can so I can show up the best you know the best way possible um, in these sessions. So definitely, um, I use a lot of music to clear pre and post space because music's a big part of my life on top of um, binaural uh, meditation music. I also use feel-good music, um, essential oils and rattles. Um, also, I have a really cool uh, egg shaker that just really kind of clears up the space um, and it's, uh, it's fun to play with as well. Um, and I take care of myself with daily grounding and, and sun gazing. It's uh, it's essential. Oh yeah, right. uh, one one last thing: structured yeah. water to really um, uh, help add charge to your to your field to your energy body. 
I like charged water on a regular basis. And especially if I'm going to do like an event where I might work on 20 people in the, in, in that day, I'm going to stock up on, I'm going to be drinking extra charged water, grabbing extra sun, doing more grounding. If I'm going to go into something with a lot of uh, exchange. Awesome. Thank you so much. I loved your egg shaker. That was, that was great. I feel like um, it would be fun to just do 10 minutes with an egg shaker and uh, see what shakes out. Awesome. Okay. Does anybody have any questions um, on energy hygiene that, um, that you could use as support from your peers, suggestions, tips, anything come to mind? Trisha. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Hi. Hey, yay. Hey, Jillian. Um, I have uh, on our property a, a deconsecrated chapel, and I do a lot of my sessions down there, and we actually have a vortex in there. I am constantly cleaning it with Palo Santo. I was told by an intuitive that if I used um, a sage, that it was more like Clorox, where it it got rid of all of the energy versus Palo Santo, which just removes the lower vibration energy. I also have a labyrinth on my property and I will sometimes, depending on the client, ask them to walk, to walk the labyrinth prior to our session. That way their um, stress levels down and they're ready to receive any energy that um, from the biofield that I'm working on. I also, if I am running short on time, I actually use Donna Eden's uh, five-minute energy routine. And you can find that on YouTube because, um, and I, I don't do Donna Eden's, um, follow her um, protocol, but that is a free thing that you can get that um, it, it just allows me to be um, in my own power when I'm doing a session. So that's what I've got because I ask my clients to walk barefoot also, and I'm in North Carolina. So depending on the weather, but it's, uh, I do have some, uh, clients who have, uh, mental health issues and that really helps them ground prior to the session. So if, um, they're sensing anything, they can um, tell me about it because they're more um, in tune to what they're picking up. I get their perspective. I love that. And it, yeah, it gives them that space to be able to really contemplate um, the present moment and maybe even come up with an intention for you too. And then afterwards, I also do the uh, binaural with, with them to, to um, empower them to have a, that's really one of the high highlights of the session for most of my clients. Awesome. It sounds like you have a really great healing space. It sounds amazing. You know, the best part is that, you know, I don't feel like I'm very uh, sensitive. I am intuitive, but I'm not sensitive to when, when I'm picking up energies. Um, so I'm relying heavily on my space to do it for me. Mm -hmm. And my intention, like my intention and also is that I am surrounded by, um, you know, powerful, strong protectors and that uh, nothing will, you know, happen that is not meant to happen. Yeah, that's that belief that Julie was talking about, have that belief that that um, you're taken care of and you're supported. Thank you, Jillian. Yeah, thanks for sharing, Trisha. Kathleen. Okay, sorry. There you are. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, I accidentally tapped again and I didn't mean to. Sorry about that. I am okay. enjoying this though, thank you. Oh, good, okay. <laughs> so you just accidentally um, unmuted, all good. Okay, anybody else have anything that they want to add or have any questions about that you want to um, ask the, the group for? Lori. I have been wondering a lot 
about when we work at a distance, the place where we are there and how to address it. Yeah, I saw your post on Facebook. Can you just brief the group on um, like what your question is specifically? Maybe using that specific circumstance um, might bring to light some answers. Lori, can you hear me? I can, I'm just not, I'm not sure how to articulate it. Okay. <laughs> okay, so you were, you were doing um, a distant session at someone else's house, right? Yes. Okay, so is your question about like, that maybe somebody else might have a protocol for this. Does anybody else use um, someone else's space or has done tunings in someone else's space and you felt like you needed to um, clear the space and prepare it for this session? And Lori, just interrupt me if, if I have your question wrong. Um, just curious what, what others have done. Um, I know for when we were teaching classes um, in person, it was it was a regular thing for us because we were going into different spaces where maybe they were, you know, doing yoga classes or um, I think we did we did a few classes in um, in the basement of a church before. Um, we've been kind of everywhere. Hotels. We've we've felt the need that before we even started class. Um, we needed to clear the space by activating a higher frequency fork and just doing the doorways and the windows and mirrors and things like that. We would also take a weighted fork and place, activate it and place it in the center of the room to sort of act like a drain, to drain any energy that um, wouldn't, wouldn't be of our highest, um, our highest value. Um, during class. So those are some of the things that we did was clearing those doorways, windows, mirrors, and using the weighted fork to look like a drain. Um, and we do a lot of moving, <laughs> do a lot of moving and shaking during class too. So that's, that's kind of my personal experience with doing sessions in other spaces, but anybody else have anything that they want to add to that? Lori, is that helpful? It, it is. It definitely is. I think I'm more trying to understand um, when I'm, when I'm doing distance work, I, I almost feel like I meet that person somewhere else. Like, I don't feel like I'm in the space that I'm in. I'm in a, I'm out in that sort of quantum field. And I just, I just wonder if there's anything um, more beyond kind of the normal practices, it's just trying to be thoughtful about think of it as like an energy comet passing through and like so on the way in and the way out I don't know what I it's hard to describe what I'm wondering about <laughs> hmm. I just thought someone might it might resonate for someone to, to have where where they are during a distance session yeah okay so I think Andrew's got something for you go ahead yeah, I mean I, I I would describe it that you're meeting in the ether and, and when I do distance sessions, I, um, I'll do like a brief little chit chat. And then I very intentionally enter that space. So I'll say with your intention and my intention, I'm going to place your hologram in front of me now. And at that point, we're in <laughs> wherever that wherever we're at, wherever, wherever we're meeting in, in a non local, uh, non linear way, we're there. And then similarly, you know, towards the end, when I do my thing, we're separating at that point. Um, and I, I mean, your question of where is that and how to negotiate it? Hmm, you're, we're, we're in a, an, um, it's not a dense space. I think it's the space um, where energy healing occurs. I think we're still figuring that out, but I would sort of recommend and, and invite folks that are trying to navigate that space to be very intentional about entering it and exiting it. Because like the other day, I just thought, oh, you know, Andrew, you don't really invite Reiki into these sessions and maybe it's, you want to do that. And I was reminded that when I do that practice, there's definitely an inviting that in and then a separation or an exiting of that. And I, again, you know, we all are working with intention, but I would say to 
remember, of course, that when you're doing distance work, it's kind of the same deal applies. I don't know if that answers the question, but that, that's my two cents. Maybe what I'm maybe what I'm trying to get at is in the same way that we think of uh, radiating energy out from our central channel. Is there some way that um, there's something we should be giving to that space? That's all. I yeah. Well, I don't think. Yeah, I, I think I haven't thought about that before. I'm curious. Um, so does anybody else have anything that they want to add to that? Yeah, Elizabeth. I just had a question. I just, I thought Andrew's comment was really, really interesting because um, I felt that it was a lot more difficult doing a distance session this past week because I was reaching out to try and he somehow feel the space he was in and I, I I realized it was a distraction to the to to the treatment and so I thought well this is just me not comfortable with distance healing but Andrew's idea of setting a space in the distance realm I think is is a is a very helpful um process and uh, I'm, I'm going to try that. I think that was excellent. So thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Elizabeth. Lori. Yeah, I also wanted to comment um, that the word that I use and I love that. Oops, sorry, Lori, I, I muted you by accident. Come back on. <laughs> oh, hi. hi. Um, I, I also, you know, thank you for both of you for, for your suggestions. And, and Andrew, I love the, the importance um, of the intention going into it and to really the, uh, make sure that you have the intention of also leaving it. And I, I use the word container. So you can use the word space, creating a space. But I, when I say the word container, all of a sudden there's sort of this etheric bubble around us. And think of it also, you know, when you are, when you learned biofield tuning or when we do biofield tuning and we have, you know, we've activated the fork and we're moving through the field. It's kind of like, you don't want to just, when the fork's activated, you don't want to be taking it out of the field and waving it around, right? You want to stay and disconnect from that energy and reactivate. Um, that if you're waving the fork around the room, you're, you're sort of moving outside the container that you've already established. And it's sort of the same thing that I do when I'm working um, remotely as I really want have that intention to stay within the, the container. And I know that the micro, you know, those micro currents, just like the way that the pendulum works, right? That's the energy. It's sort of along the same energy, but at, at an almost finer level, the way our, our energies are then working together, um, those microcurrents in the, in, within that container. But um, yeah, that way there's also, an, it's easier for me to actually disconnect from that container, clear it first, kind of have that clearing, then let that bubble just kind of kind of go and, and dissolve into the realm of pure potential. And then I can set another container, another space for another remote client. But it is so important to take your time. Um, and I call it due regard, you know, to really have due regard as you're moving into that container and out of it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, yeah, a respect. So thanks so much for bringing that forward, Andrew. Yeah, I love those ideas. And actually, I got this image of, um, of Glenda the Good Witch <laughs> in her bubble and, um, and popping it. So thank you for those ideas, Lori and Andrew. And um, we're going to come to a close now. So thank you, everyone, that shared your ideas. Um, Lori, Andrew, Lori Stahl, Trisha, thank you. Bobby and, and um, Joyce, thank you. Julie and Gaia three really appreciate your ideas. Hopefully this, um, and Kathleen, thank you. Hopefully this helped, um, you know, inspire everyone, uh, give, give one another some suggestions moving forward. And, um, again, I just love what Julie said in the beginning that just really work on developing your belief 
that um, that you can handle anything, that you can set a container, that you can ask for help and support, and um, that you can provide really amazing space for your clients. Um, remember, next next time we're going to meet. Uh, we might do one in between, but Eileen is going to join us on Wednesday, April 14th at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be a 90-minute call, and we'll be talking about um, boundaries, um, more holding space, and conducting yourself as a biofield tuning practitioner, dealing with maybe awkward moments, <laughs> things like that. So it should be a really fun call. Um, it is going to be paid. Awesome. Thank you all so much for being here. Really appreciate it. And um this is just awesome that you you are all supporting each other we're supporting each other and um we can do this from from a distance and from zoom all right take care bye hey tuner i hope you enjoyed this episode please consider leaving a review and subscribe so that you catch each episode as it publishes happy tuning Thank you.